What we're doing here is we're examining the kingdom of God um, because it is so uh, lost in the shuffle. I, I, maybe that's the way to put it. In the shuffle of all that we teach in the Bible, the kingdom kind of gets lost and we don't really get much of a grasp and a look and understanding of it. Yet, it's the most dominant subject in the whole Bible. It, it starts in Genesis and ends in Revelation and all the way through it. It's all about the kingdom. So we're excited, you know, just, I want to take it, let's just teach it about the kingdom and what it's all about because the concept is so phenomenal, but it's the most important subject in the Bible. So we've been examining it, and here, if you have the paper, if you don't, if you're not familiar, you haven't been here yet, haven't been familiar with the kingdom definition, what I'm trying to do is start with that and take the definition, it's a biblical definition, the Greek word for kingdom, Vasilia, is only means a king's rule, his reign. But in the Bible, that is really expanded out. It means a whole lot more when, when you're talking about the king, Jesus, and what that rule is all about. So the definition encompasses the Bible's look and it, what, how it teaches about the kingdom. It, it encompasses that. So if you look at that definition, you'll see right now we've been talking about it. And, and last week and this week, I'm just I'm just concentrating on these two words in it: that willingly surrender, that willing surrender to the reign of God. And so we spent last week on it and talked about it. And now we're this is kind of like the second half of that what we talked about last week. Okay, we're going to continue on. So, um, but I got to start out with this. How'd you guys do with your neurons this week? <laughs> Did we uh, did we pollute them more? Did we add more uh, crap into them as we saw last week? Did we pump a whole bunch of good stuff in them? Did we did the Bible become a far greater part of it? What did we do with our neurons? How do they look this week? Because I want to keep reminding you that right now your brain is already in, in, is being changed. Every time you're involved in doing something. These little neuron cells, well, these dendritic tree branches, they call them, as they go all over the place. And then these, com- these axons that communicate with other ones, and they, they, they communicate up here, these neurotransmitters at the end of each one communicate. And as they do, these neurons are constantly changing in your brain. They call it neuroplasticity because plastic is you know, malleable. You can move it around like a, like a clay or something like you can You can squeeze it, change it, move it around. Well, that's... That's your brain. It pretty well stays in the whole exterior. That doesn't change. That still stays what it is, what it is. But in terms of these neuron branches, what takes place is every single week, every single time you do something, um, like we are right now, these start changing. And so branches like this may take on greater roles, become bigger, they, they become stronger. And so now this side of this, this neuron may just really keep growing and growing and growing. And, of course, that's one. You have 400 billion neurons in your brain. So, you know, this is just one. But it starts communicating to others, and you start all this constant communication going on. So your brain is in this process of changing constantly. That's a good thing. That's a good thing because, as we were looking at last week, we were talking about... You can put some real junk in your brain, and your brain will, you know, you'll, you'll 
do things with it and grow this stuff and it becomes these large almost freeways in your brains with these neurons and it's neural pathways but they can be undone quit using them anything that you have in your brain that you have developed and have good um, concepts of they're strong in your brain and you know these things you talk about them such stop using them and guess what they start shrinking they start changing because you'll have new stuff that now you're thinking about that's growing and it'll become new pathways in your brain and those other ones will get smaller and smaller your brain's constantly changing like this all the time that's got its good points it's got its bad points because of it if you're not doing anything with it things that you really worked hard on and, and then you you quit and let them go, ah, they start shrinking up a little bit. And they keep doing that because new stuff you're working on will get. Now, that could be good. you got some new stuff you're working with. That's great. But I want to put up our board again and um, see. I'm going to have you guys see if you can remember. See what you did with all this. See what, what came out of it last week. See what you guys can remember. There's four different concepts, there's five of them up here, parts of your brain. But I had um, talked about this whole thing. One of the things we're looking at is who you are. Um, and and we were looking at this. This part here determines who you are. This is what they know. Neuroscience knows this. But what's really amazing, it's exactly what the Bible taught 2,000 years ago. That you are what's in your heart. You teach, you talk right out of your heart. The words come right out of your heart. Um, so now, anybody tell me what what's the what is the heart? What is this all about? From last week when we were talking, what do you remember? It's the stuff that stays after your brain filters through it. Okay, after your brain filters through all this stuff, this is the part that goes in this part of the brain, and it stays here. Exactly right. It stays here now. We have the two parts of the brain that we were looking at yesterday, last week to start out with. What is this part here? Metacognitive brain. Who remembers what that is? Everything you take in in a day. Okay, all the stuff you're taking in a day, but it's all in the background. You don't know what's going on there. This part you're not, I'm not aware of. The part you're aware of, like right now you hear me talking. You might hear lots of different things going around you. Your eyes take in this whole area. All of that comes in and it comes into this part of your brain the prefrontal cortex is part of here okay so this part here is your conscious mind that you're aware of that you know those things you understand you hear you you're, you can you can take those things process them think about it and that's the information that you are going to make decisions about put it together and do things with now this part you never know anything about it this is all the stored information in your brain this is 90% of your, or this is 90% of your brain, and this is a big part of it, and this only occupies 10% of your brain. So, we have this this part of our brain is really kind of slow. It's remember how many pieces of data this can process in a second? You remember? 4,000. This is 2,000. Very good. 2,000. And this default mode network that's taken. That's all the. All, all of your memory, everything that's ever gone on in your life is back in here. And now, how fast is it at processing information? Four billion. Four or one billion pieces of data per second. Two thousand? One billion? Well, that's a 
extreme disadvantage here with our prefrontal cortex here, what I'm thinking about. Because what happens is all this stored information, when something happens, something comes in to your mind, your experience, and you have to make a decision, you have to do something, process this. Well, all of this starts feeding information over here. Since all this stuff in here, that's about what it looks like because you can't even you don't notice it. You can't even tell it. And all but all of a sudden what's happening is you, you got all of a sudden for all kinds of this information and all this these thoughts you're processing that are influencing a decision you're gonna make. Well and, and so many of them have come right out of here from your past experiences, from in, things you've learned that are good, things you've learned that are bad. Boom! It just dumps into there real quick. Now it'll also it will also do at the same time it's all connected here what the heck I must have left these things let them dry out this week I guess I don't know um, so down here your limbic system who knows what that is remembers what it is your emotions exactly right this is where all your emotions come out anything from stress um, joy happiness fear all the emotions that you that you go through comes out of this part of your brain, and it's all connected here also. So when something happens, and maybe you've had an experience before, for example, say you were eight years old, your neighbor's dog, new people moved in, they come over, your neighbor's dog lets the dog out front, you're eight years old, you're sitting on the front, and the dog comes running over, and you're a kid, and you're going, oh, good, and you open up, and the dog goes over and just, just jumps and bites you, tears right into your cheek, shakes it and everything else. What, what emotion are you going to have? Fear. Great fear, right? I mean, it's kicking in immediately. Your mom comes out, kills a dog, um, and then... <laughs> and, but but you're, you're petrified for life now. You're 22 years old, and a dog comes charging over at you. Guess what happens? Immediately, you start going into this fear mode. And, don't, <laughs> and you don't even know why. You're not. You look at that dog, and it doesn't even look anything like it would be scared of. You know, should be scared of it or anything else. But all of a sudden, it kicks in because here, that whole instance that happened is still sitting in here, and you've never gotten rid of it. It's still in there, tucked in there, and it'll cause you fear. Well, that's so many things of life are like that. So now, all of this is happening in your brain all the time, and this part is just the part that is storing everything that's not involved in this conscious part of your mind. Okay. Now, this guy down here, they call it, and all these, are, by the way, are what neuroscience calls them. That's how they've talked about them. God calls this the heart. God calls this part the mind. God calls this part the soul. God calls this part the strength. That sound familiar? Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. They all match up exactly with what it talks about. It's really fascinating to do a study and see that. The strength, though, what this is, this comes directly out of your default mode network. What you, who you are is that. This is who you are. So all that you are is in there, and your actions come out of that. You don't suddenly have an action that, that is somewhere out here that's not part of this. That doesn't exist. Your actions come out of here. And, and you know, it's interesting, it calls strength. Your actions, God calls it your strength. It's, it'll be translated might, it'll be translated power. 
because that's your strength. That's your power. That's what you're going to go do. That's your actions. That you're, you're going to do something. But it all comes out of all of this. So you see how God has this created. It's all integrally tied together. So now the big thing that we were looking at last week is what goes in here is who you are. Forget it. You can you can say, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this, and then this. I want to do this, and I want to do that, and that. This is who you are. So if you want to change who you are, what do you got to do? Change what's in there. That's, how, that's the only way you change. Now, fascinating thing. God, we talked about that last, uh, last week. We talked about how God designed the way to change. And what was the verse he went to? Let's see if you can remember. But we talked about his way of changing. That actually fits every single one of these. Joshua 1.8. Anyone quote that for me? Okay, hold. Oh, go ahead and go do the whole thing. This book of the law shall not touch in your mouth, so you shall meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do all that it says. And then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have success. Okay, Joshua 1 8. That was written 3,500 years ago. Quite interesting. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Talking about it all the time. It's going to right here, and that's what you're going to talk about. Working with this, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Day and night, that God wants it here. This book of the law, you're going to talk about, it, but I want it here. So you're going to get it. Only way you get it here is to meditate on it. So this is really interesting and fascinating. How do we do this day and night? How do you I'm meditate asleep. day and night? What's that? I'm asleep at night. That's right. But he says now, God, maybe God didn't know that. Not sure how that works. But he says meditate day and night. So how do you do that? Okay, during the day I can do it. Meditate. So now, do I stay up all night to do that? No. No. You see, what you think about, what becomes important to you during the day, then when you go to sleep, the only part of your brain that sleeps, prefrontal cortex. The rest of your brain's awake. Your, your metacognitive brain's awake during the during the night. And you know what it's doing? processing all the stuff that went on during that day and decides that, let's see, do I want to keep this? Do we want to keep that? Or do we want to throw away this? Do we want to get rid of this? And it's going to, and it looks at it, and it makes that determination. A lot of it is by your soul, your emotions. Something happened to you, and you went, wow, that was good. That was cool. Give a little dopamine shot to you because that's how the brain works. Gives you a little dopamine shot, and you go joyous, happy, and, you're, oh, and then your brain's looking at that at night. Oh, man, that's good stuff. We're keeping that. Other things happen. You got really, really, really angry at something. Well, that was a really strong emotion. Your brain looks at that and says, we're keeping it. So guess what it doesn't keep? Guess what it decides to throw away and not put in? Indifference. That's right. Things you're indifferent about. Things that were, you really didn't do anything. didn't stir up. You're not really interested in it. You just did it. And those things, at night, they get washed away. Your brain literally clears it out. You start again a new day, and some things are are in here. Some things are ready to go in there. Depends. Like something happened really good, and the next day you think about it, it comes back to your mind. You go, oh, "That was really good. I like that." And you think about it some more. It's building more of those neurotransmitter pathways, and they're getting stronger. And bingo, it's going to end up right in here. Now it's become part of you, who you are, and that will start influencing then. 
decisions and concepts and all the things that you do. I just think it's interesting. So my when Michaela, one of his other grandchildren, was struggling in math, your Mike is learning all this stuff about the brain, and she was struggling in her math class. So tell her what happened. Well, she was struggling. She'd been over at the house, and uh, we were talking. You know, she comes over. She was over at the house. We were a lot of fun that day, and then I was taking her back home. So driving her back down, and I, you know, I always like to ask. As you know, Hannah, I always like to ask a bunch of questions and kind of pry, you know, kind of nosy, and I'm prying around and asking her a bunch of stuff and kind of just checking on what's going on. I says, what, okay, what's happening in school? What's going on? What classes do you like? What you don't? She says, calculus. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I got to have the class because she wanted to be a, uh, a nurse. I mean, she wanted to be an RN, and she had to have calculus. She goes, but I can't stand it. I'm barely, I'm barely not flunking. I'm just... I'm in a, between a D and a C. I'm fluctuating back in there, and but I hate it. And I go, oh, really? I said, that's interesting. You hate it, huh? I said, hey, let's talk. So I started telling her that your brain will not keep what you hate, what you don't like, and it's going to just let it go. And I says, now, your brain will keep what you decide is really good. I said, so now, do you need this class to become an RN? And she says, oh, yeah, I can't do it without it. I go, well, there you go. Now you have a good reason to like this class because, hey, you can't be an RN. You want to be an RN. So you can't be an RN without this class. Great reason for liking this class and liking it. I said, if you change how you're thinking about it and you start now focusing on, I like this class, and that's all you got to do. You start thinking about, I like this class, the stuff's going to start sticking. Because you're saying, I, I can't remember anything. I go, oh, yeah, you're bringing a trigger every night. So about two months later, we, her and I were, had a chance to sit down and talk together again. And she can, you know, she runs up to me and goes, Grampy, 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 you, you won't believe it. She goes, my favorite class is calculus. I'm getting an A in calculus. Okay. I, I remember everything. I understand it all. I love what's going on. It actually works. <laughs> she goes, it actually works. If you like it, your brain says, good, we're keeping it. Don't like it, your brain says, eh, let's get rid of that. Let's just dump it. That's why we struggle so much with so many things. It's the way God designed our brains to work. So now, this guy we have, this is our brain. Now what has this got to do with what I had written on the other side of the board? Now what's written on the other side of the board? Willing surrender. surrender. So we're talking about a willing surrender to the reign of God. What are we talking about? How does that connect here with, with the brain? Why am I doing this? Why am I talking about this and we're talking about a willing surrender to God well, because you aren't going to do it unless you put the right stuff in your brain see if you approach God with a oh, I hate this why am I even here why am I even reading the Bible I don't want to read the Bible so I'm not going to and then all of a sudden you have to read it and you go I hate it and I, I don't like it and I, guess what's going to stick around in your brain nothing <laughs> and then you hear somebody talk about uh, things about God that's, they, they might say it's really something really good and you listen to that and you go oh, that's kind of interesting now that catches your attention you think oh okay that's kind of interesting that sounds like something I might want to pursue a little bit all of a sudden that concept sticks around now if somebody else says something and they're talking about maybe they're an evolutionist maybe they're an atheist maybe they're whatever and they're going through a bunch of stuff and you go oh really is that what I'm supposed to do and all of a sudden bam all of a sudden there goes God you know that People believe in God for the same reason people believe in evolution. <laughs> the same brain. Same people. It's, it's just, just human beings. 
But it's, what are you thinking about? Now, let's just back it up for a moment. Look around us. You see all the trees? You know, we got, we got a lot of stuff going on here. The birds, gosh, I, I love sitting around here in the mornings. You might see, in, we've seen bald eagles flying through here, or golden eagles. And we got a couple of hawks that live right up here. They've had babies. Uh, they don't like Derek. The mom doesn't like Derek. He walked through there, the mom come right down after him. Yeah. <laughs> Chasing him off. She didn't like him. He was too close to that tree. <laughs> but when there's so much going on around here, and all these little things, big things, lots of stuff happening here. It's beautiful to be here. Now, if I drove one of the cars over here and popped the hood on it, and said, take a look at that. Let's go look at that hood. Start that thing up. Fire it up. You know what's happening in there? You got pistons and just all, you know, all the different stuff. Got a computer. Just, all, just, just sat down and just explained everything that was going on in there. And you walked away and went, gosh, isn't evolution cool? It's amazing what evolution has done. And so you start telling yourself that, and you start hearing that, and you start hearing that, and you start hearing that, and you start thinking about it, and thinking about it, and you hear it more, and you start thinking about it, and thinking about it, and guess what happens? Your brain can absolutely believe a lie. Totally believe a lie. God tells us that. Neuroscience has proven it. That your brain can absolutely tell you something that is absolutely not true. If you absorb yourself in it enough. Well, the same thing. You look around at creation. You look around the human being. You look at the amazing miracle that life is. About a human being, all that it takes place, all that goes on in it, everything else, which one single cell is more technologically, uh, 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 the, the technological aspects of a cell, of what it can do, is more than that car. I only got one of them. Just one cell. It can do more than that car can do. That car can't produce another car. <laughs> In fact, all that car is going to do is wind down and and the way it'll be different is when you buy a new one because it'll just get old a cell, just a single cell there's so much with our body and just looking at it, it's what God said he gave that to us so that we know emphatically we can look and go, wow, there's a God there's nothing else in life we look at and, and, and look at that and, and something as magnificent as some of the things we've invented and look at them and go, wow, is an evolution beautiful but we do it with God why do you think we do that with God? with the creation it has to do with the two words I've got written on the other side of that as soon as you acknowledge that there's a God that created this world instantly you're responsible to him that's the problem we don't like that See, we just don't like that so therefore it's easier for us believe a lie, tell ourselves enough to believe a lie, then it is for us to say, wow, look at this. What kind of God is this? Because we don't like to surrender to God. We don't like to surrender to anybody. You know that. I don't even have to tell you that. You know that. We all like to have our own independence and do what we want to do. We don't like to surrender to God. And then the Bible says that God even put a knowledge of himself inside of us. Wow. So we've got a knowledge... So we got to deny that, and i got to deny creation in order for me to believe there is no God. That's quite a pathway you've got to take to, to do that. The most natural pathway in the world is to be led right to God. 
It's all around us. Your whole body. Everything around you. It just should take us right there. So that's why this, this brain has a lot to do with it. Now I want to show you how this, something that's really interesting how this works. Now I'm going to need everybody to participate here in this thing. And by participate, I mean I'm going to pull something out of the bag. <laughs> and I need you to instantly, as fast as you can, no delays, and don't be embarrassed, start shouting out everything you know about this thing. Okay? And, and believe it or not, this is going to show you exactly how your brain works. And we're going to see how it works. Okay? So now pay great attention. Don't be embarrassed. Everybody's going to do this. We've done this many times. And it, and it really does does work. I'm going to start you with something real simple, easy. Okay, I'm going to hold up and just start shouting. Tell me everything you know about this thing. Okay, you ready? Because it's it's hard. 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 You just activated this. You didn't have to think about it. You were instantly processed all this and said all this based on your past experiences with it. Bam! Instantly you're talking all about it. You didn't activate this. You didn't have to. This fed all the information you had. Now, let me ask you. Did any of you ever sit down and go, Scissors. I better meditate on these things. I better get to know these things. I better get to understand them so the next time I see them, I'll know what they are. Why did you know? Why could you say everything you said about these? You know that. Why, 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 why? Because you've used them many times. You have experience with them. You see, the experience is what... Oh, All right. The experience is what takes it from here, puts it on here, your experiences... And it grows it and builds it. I'll show you something that's really interesting. Okay, you get a, in this part of your brain here, because I'm using, oh no, we got some other colors. Elizabeth, look at here. Let's try this guy. Okay, we have a, well, I guess you're not going to see that either. What, do they all dry up here during the dry summer? Well, Esther opens them and throws them. Oh, uh, that's probably why. <laughs> she puts them in water and it changes the color. There we go. Let's take this right here, up in, up in here. The, this part up here, your temporal cortex, okay? When you start, you get some something, you get some information, something comes in here, then it'll start putting in different parts of your brain. You've got four other cortexes, but this temporal cortex, if you start thinking about God, it goes right over here. Now, they can, they can tell this now because in the last uh, 20 years or so, we have fMRIs, the functional magnetic reasoning images that they can see now and while you're doing something. They can watch your brain. You know, before it was a little slow because they split your brain open, take the brain out, get you doing something, and then go, hmm, it's not working. <laughs> Why isn't it working? I guess we'll have to put it back. But now they can read the brain from outside. They can read it and see what's going on. And when you, anytime you're thinking about God up here, bam, it's right over here in this temporal cortex. Now, what's really fascinating is in this temporal cortex, nothing lights up your brain more. Now, I want you to know this. This is neuroscience. This isn't me. This isn't any Christian writing. This isn't anything else. This is neuroscience. It says the thing that stimulates this and lights it up the most just makes this thing go, woo, man, it just, just fires off. Is anything, any thought about God. Lights up that more than any other information that comes into it. I, one of my favorite books on 
neuroscience, written by two neuroscientists. <laughs> I, I just chuckle every time I even think of it. It's one of my favorite books, written by two neuroscientists, both atheists, evolutionists, do not believe in God and everything else. You know what the title of the book is? How God Changes Your Mind. Because there's so much evidence to, they call it spiritual, something spiritual going on, because they can't get around it. I mean, it's, you start talking things, bringing things up, and all of a sudden, something spiritual, something about God just goes boom, and it explodes in there. So they know there's somehow, there's something, they says, somehow we're, we've, we've evolved into this, this brain that just is so, just so stimulated by God. It's really funny how they talk. <laughs> but anyway, so, so it comes in here and it starts stimulating things. Now this is what's really interesting. You, you do this, you do this, you start thinking about it, and we're trying to get it over into here. Let's take a verse you're memorizing, you're thinking about it, you're meditating on it, and trying to get it over here. You're doing this. You know what exponentially lights that, that part of your brain up? If you take that same concept about God, something you're, you're thinking about, and then you do one thing with it. Whatever it is, you take a corresponding action. You do a corresponding action. While you're thinking about that, while you're processing it, you do a corresponding action, and this gets exponentially wired up going. Like, you, like nothing else in, in your brain ever does. When, when you match it with an action. Ever heard of James 2? What is James 2 about? Does anybody know? Faith and works. And it, it, it explains that exact process. That faith is a growing thing. If it is not growing, it's not real. It's not the kind of faith. If it's, the, he, James calls it dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's got to be growing. It's got to be moving. It's got to be processing. It's got to be constantly in this, this state of growing. And then it says, what makes it grow? Works. <laughs> Doing an action that matches it. And it makes it grow so much more. Just the way God made it. Gee, funny how that works, isn't it? <laughs> but now they look at it and see it now that that's what it does. So anyway, that's what's happening here. So now, you have done that very thing. You have taken scissors, and you've thought about them, and then you did something with them, and wham, all, everything you do in your brain, when you match it with an action, makes it grow more. Okay, let's try the next one. Let's see how you do this one. I'll make it work a little bit harder. Okay? A little bit harder now, but you're gonna let's do it again. Ready? Right? Staple you, you uh, staple papers together. Use a lot in classrooms. Um, yeah, one time I watched somebody staple it into the arm. Yeah. Obviously, Cole has a whole lot of experience with it because you don't want to staple it in your arm with it. I mean, he's got all these things going on with it. Staples, stapler. Again, you never sat around and tried to learn everything you can about staplers. Took it, and oh, look at how this works. And we showed you, oh, great. And you start doing it, and action. You put them together, and bam, it's in here. All came right out of here. You didn't have to process it and think about it. Okay, this one you got to work. Okay, got to look a little bit harder now. Let me see if I get the right side. So when you see it, this will help. Ready? Chips. Oh, shark and chips. I eat so many of these. One time I ate a rabbit. Shark and onion aren't the best flavor, though. Lay stacks are like. Yeah. Off Pringles. They're in a blue bottle. They're not like real Pringles. Cabbage. What's different about these? They're not Pringles. What's not Pringles. <laughs> They're food. They're we experience them. 
Whole time. They're all stacked on top of each other. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're not floating around in a bag. They're yeah. different. Okay, but again, if you've had them, you know that. Now you're watering over them. Okay. I got one more. And this one, is your brain's ready? I want you going deep. Four billion neuron cells, one billion pieces of data in a second. Let's see if you can do it. Oh, it's, it's a, a battery. Oh, strip, is it a, like a stripper for... Oh, it's a clipper. <laughs> no, you you put you can put paper. I know it's made of plastic and there's metal pieces and it clips onto something. Oh, you can put it to your refrigerator. <laughs> it looks like something for a network. Yes, it is. The Ethernet cable. Okay. I have no idea. Yeah. Did you notice how silent it got? Do you know why? You don't know what it is. There wasn't anything in there. You didn't have any experience with it. You've never meditated on it. You've never thought about it, did something with it, had an action with it. It's just is something you've never seen before. So there's nothing in here. It's going to become very important in a minute. What this is, like I work a, spent years, most of my life, working in alarm systems, different security systems, things like that. So when I've got to listen to an communi uh, alarm communicating with different parts, wherever it's at, wherever it's going and such like that, i got to get into its line where I can split it, plug it in here, plug it in here, put my headset on it, and now I can listen to everything that's going on with it live while it's happening. And that's all this is. I just, it's all it does. It's just a tool to allow me to do that. To me, extremely invaluable tool. It helps me over and over and over. I probably use this thing a thousand times. And it's really helpful to me. So in my brain, pull it out, I know exactly what it is, what it does, and I got tons of memories with it. But see, you didn't have any. And so unfortunately, you had nothing here. Now this is really, this is really, really, really important about this willing surrender. Because see, if you don't have the right information, if you don't have anything to base that surrender on with God, if you don't, if you haven't put thoughts with God, scriptures together and acted upon them, then you're greatly limited. You're greatly limited. I'm gonna tell I want to tell you a story about something. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you want any of these. If you want one, they're here. If you want one, put a hand up, we'll get some to you. Um, you want to pass them up behind her, just pass them around. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story about me. I became a Christian right after Derek was born. Um, just a few days after Derek was born. Uh, people thought I was a Christian before that. But um, I was been going to a Bible study since I was 17. Derek was born when I turned 21. Two days before I turned 21. So I had been going to a Bible study though for four years. I was very interested, extremely interested, and said a lot of things and everything else, but inside of me, inside of this right here, still had a lot of questions, still a lot of things that I have never resolved, hidden away inside of me. And when I was then, I took the month off after Derek was born and stayed home under the guise of I was going to help my wife take care of the brand new baby. She didn't know it. I got fired from my job. <laughs> I didn't want to tell her that, hey, we got no job. <laughs> we had no money. You know, boss didn't get along real well, and bam, I'm gone. So I figured, now I'll go look for a job after a month. So, But I wanted to take that month and get serious and make a final decision. What am I going to do with this? 
of all the stuff about God that I've been learning. And so I did. And it took me about a week, and then I finally became a Christian. I finally gave my life over. I finally surrendered to God. And I became a Christian then. Went great for about two years or so. And then, after a couple of years, just started getting off in some sins. and wasn't working hard. Now, I was memorizing verses prior to that. Memorizing some really good verses. Going through a lot of things that I was learning. Trying to, trying to do really... I mean, I was trying to do as good as I could. Just, just everything I could. So I was learning a lot of verses. But I started getting into some pretty bad sins. And I started getting into a really bad sin. And it just started to completely encompass me. And I had a couple years in this sin that I just, it, it took me. And it took me down a hole so bad that literally I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And now I got two kids. I'm married, you know, and I, gosh, I just was in this hole. And I really, honestly, could not see a way out. And so one day I was driving home from work. Um, I was working, we lived in Riverside, and I was working out in Rialto, and there's, there's a straight road that goes through the Santa Ana River bottom that leads you down to Main Street of Riverside. And I'm going through, and it's late in the afternoon, and, and my solution was to end it all right there. Next to the road that goes through this thing um, is a great big cement column, I don't know, it's eight feet across this thing, 20 feet tall, because every single year, three or four times a year, the Santa River bottom, most of that water goes underground. But then it'll come up above, and you can look, and it's all got markers on it, and you can see how high the water is before you go on that road, because <laughs> it'll cover the road. If it's down there below the one-foot level, it's down there six inches or something, yeah, you might still go through it. But if it's up there three foot, four foot, I've seen so many cars do it, they get out there, and all of a sudden they're way down there. <laughs> it just takes them down, right? So this thing's out there, and it's always been there for years. And I knew it was there. I passed by every day on the way to work back from work. And I decided that I was going to just pile my car right into it. I didn't have a seatbelt, didn't put it on, didn't want it. I figured this is the easiest way, the easiest solution out is what I thought. And that's such a chicken way to do something. But when you're in that kind of a, a place, um, you're not thinking very well, or you wouldn't be thinking those thoughts. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. And so I, I pull off the road, and I've got about a second and a half before I hit this thing. This is where, you know, when I pull off, it's right there. And so I'm, I'm going full bore. I'm doing about 90 miles an hour. It's, it's, it's my, I'm out of here. So I'm, I got like a second and a half, and all of a sudden, God flashes this in my brain. It flashes. It goes from here to here, and it looked that big right in front of my brain. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I had memorized it. I had worked on it. I had used it in my life. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will provide a way of escape also, so that you may be able to endure and that thing flashed in front of my brain. Damn, it was right here so fast. And it was just took up everything. And it just hit me. And I just yanked the wheel off and just slid right past it. I just back end of it, just barely bumped it. I did nothing. And I slid off out in the, in the river bottom. And I was just shaking like a leaf and started crying like a baby. And, and I went, wow. 
That is what that verse says. There is a way out. There is no temptation that I can get into that God won't provide a way that I can get out of this thing. That verse saved my life. Now, let's say that book was, that verse is right here. Right here in 1 Corinthians 10 13. Suppose that verse never got from there to here. I wouldn't be standing here talking to you right now. But that verse got out of here. We got into here. We spent a lot of time memorizing it, meditating on it, using it for different sins, different temptations, different things. And it became an actual, very strong part of my life. And God just went and popped that into my life, and then I could respond to it. And it saved my life. A while later, you could get my life going. God took me through a few other things and got it all processed into going some things. And then this this verse here became a verse that then did the same thing. Only it became a verse that I would now this would direct my life forever. And it has ever since. So I was about 25, I guess, when this verse hit. And this is Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to observe it. Meditate on it so that you can do it. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you can have success. And I can have success at doing what God wants. I, I saw that verse and went, wow. If 1 Corinthians 10.13 could have that great of an impact on me, then Joshua 1.8 is going to become the verse that drives my life so that I have more verses in there and more verses in there. I don't know what it is today. I've got a few thousand verses that are stuck in there that are in my brain now. And so now when I come to make a decision about something, when something comes up and I have to think about it, I've got boom, stuff flooding here that then can direct me to make a choice based on truth. Not just my hypothesis about something, but now it can now guide my life and turn me to something to do what God wants me to do. And you see how that willing surrender is so connected to this brain? It's, it's an integral part. Now, I know there's other people here who have very similar stories of a verse that has either saved their life or has been something that God has used. This is what they have turned their life around. This is something that, that now they, it's like a life verse for them, that that's what they use in their life. And Now, here's what I want you to do. Um, if you've got one, it, it can only, you can only use it if you can use it without looking at, the, at, your, at your Bible. I want to show you something. So, here's the book. I mean, here's the verse that saved me. So, remember last week we talked about it. What is in this stuff? Crap. A cake mix. We have a whole total cake mix. All of this in here. For those who weren't here, this is a whole cake mix. And that's what our brain represents, okay? It's, it's right, it's good, it's tasty, it's good. But unfortunately, we put so much other stuff in it. This is just a bunch of dirt junk. This is actual real crap. Dog crap. <laughs> mixed in. It is. It is mixed in here. All you saw it go in there. 
We got all this other stuff that shouldn't be in here. This lake water was putrefied. It was nasty. Um, you were a little lubricant, you know, I wanted to slide around, not stick too much. So we mixed it all in, and unfortunately, this is what's in your brain. We got all this good and all this bad mixed in here together. So now I memorize a verse, and it goes into my brain, and guess what I got in my brain? And I got another verse. And I got another one in there. And you see what's happening? You see what, what's actually going on? Put a hundred verses in there to mix them in. You see what's happening? You are now, there's still crap in here, <laughs> but guess what you're doing? You're strengthening the good. You're strengthening the good. And the more you put in there. Don't put any in there, and guess what's going to be the main substance of your brain? It's whatever your default mode network wants to send out. And you know what the, you know what the Bible says about that? Galatians 5.16? Anybody quote me that one? Walk by the Spirit and you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. You see, the flesh is this. That, this is what the flesh is. It's in your brain and it's all the crap that's in that default mode network that puts you into that task positive network it makes you do things. That's your flesh. All the crap that's in there that puts all the actions and all your emotions and all the stuff in your brain that doesn't belong in it. That's all completely against what God wants to do. You need something in there to fight that. And that's what God has designed in the Bible. So we'll, we'll show you that in a minute. But anybody else that's got any, would you just share it? Just share some of that with us so other people can see how... How God's word has what it has meant to you and what it has done in your life, if you would if you wouldn't mind doing that, okay? I'm gonna sit down a minute. On the heels of that, um, what's what's the definition again of the kingdom? What is it? Somebody loud? That is the kingdom. Actively participate in an intimate partnership with him. That getting to know him and, and working with him. I mean, that's, it's what a privilege he gets. He wants us, bring us in to, to work with him to do what he wants. Well, it's an amazing privilege, but that is, that's what salvation is all about. That's the kingdom of God. That's what it is all about. And what a phenomenal thing. That's why this is so important for us to be looking at and talking about. It is the life that God has created for us to have, that humans were to have. If you miss it, you miss everything. If you don't come into that kingdom and that relationship in that way, you miss everything. And that's why it is so important. When you come into it and come into that kingdom relationship and you get everything. Everything. It's just the most priceless, beautiful thing there is.